1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Draft Talk. Uh, This is the fifth edition for Acme Packing Company. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm here with Tyler Brooks. Say what's up to people, Tyler.
0: I completely lost count of how many of these we had had. So five sounds sounds right. That sounds like a good number. We're going to have a whole library of these by the time...
1: uh... Draft season comes around. The other thing yeah, we gotta too, we gotta start getting creative with them too. Oh yeah, I I think we're gonna start doing solo shows for some of these wide receivers too. Um, Ooh. just because I think there's enough interest of wide receiver that you guys are gonna want to hear about it. Plus, I'll get like their player backgrounds and stuff like that. More interest for you guys. We could repurpose some on, on draft week. All that Niners Nation did that with the quarterbacks last year. So I'm just straight up stealing that from uh, my boy KP and doing it with there wide receivers. Go. Um. I wanted to open this up. We said we were going to do a, our guys in uh, mm-hmm. our guys pod. We'll do that in the second half of this. First half, we got to hear how the uh, the Cabo trip went.
0: Oh, Cancun. Oh, it's great.
1: Yeah, sorry. I thought it was Cabo. My, bad. My,
0: my mistake was, you know, I had taken a whole week off work for the combine. Right. And then, you know, I was like, how much time can I take? off for Mexico, so I was there Friday and left Monday, which is not enough time. I got some sun. I didn't get burnt. and get a lot of sun, but again, did not get burnt. And I was out all day drinking, pretty much from sun up to sundown. So it was, it was fantastic. Um, it was a nice little reunion trip too. A bunch of buddies. Shout out Freddie. Shout out Ben. Uh, shout out Hadas, who was her birthday. So we had like a group of ten people. It was uh, it was honestly right. We went to a discotheque, got bottle service one night. It was ridiculous didn't start a fire with the sparklers right i'm not trying to fight anyone dude i'm a (laughs) pacifist. if i'm in a foreign country all right um let's talk about just kind of the
1: status of this team just to kind of set the table of like what the packers could even do at this point in uh the offseason so we looked at the we we i'm saying we as you know we talked about this in the apc slack this past week, there's basically like $11 million in like functional cap space outside of where, uh, the extensions for, or I guess the new contracts for Tunyon and, uh, Russell Douglas, plus the fact that they're, they're still going to need to use some of that money for these rookie deals. Right. Especially because they got a couple earlier picks now too. Right. Exactly. Um, so pre June one, you're still only accounting for the 51 man roster instead of the 53 man roster, all that stuff, not including, you know, any sort of dead money that you're going to have to do during cutdowns. They have basically $11 million functionally, which is why I guess they're going with these multi-year deals, right? So like when they signed Jerron Reed, the interior defensive lineman from Kansas city who had spent time with the Seattle Seahawks, they still signed him to a one-year deal. I think it's worth, up to like 5.5 million or something like that. But they're they're spreading the signing bonus over multiple years still because cap space is still a premium as of now. Mind you, coming into this offseason, their 2024 cap space was something like uh, 100 – or their 2023 cap space was something like $100 million. And that's not including – you know, the assumption that the cap is just going to take a crazy jump next year, which is what yeah. everyone assumes coming out of, you know, this is the end of the the COVID impacted salary cap, basically. So that's kind of where Green Bay is right now. Where can they add talent outside of receiver? Like, wh- where are you trying to see them add a, a veteran free agent? Like, you know, Reid just got added. Where, where are they adding that type of a guy?
0: I mean, if Whitney Merciless isn't coming back, like I think you absolutely need a third veteran edge guy. I'm sure there's a couple cheap guys on the market. And, you know, the names I'm seeing, too, aren't bad. Like, obviously, are they well past their prime? Like, absolutely. But if you can get a locker room guy that can come in situationally off the bench and, like, give these other guys a break, uh, I think that would be vital. I mean, even if you do that, I still think you draft an edge early, you know. We got very excited last year when the Packers, for one measly playoff game, had two sets of healthy pass rushers. Um, finding a way to do that long-term is just – I think that's vital at this point. You see all these teams are, like, loading up on edge rushers. Uh, I think if you want to be successful in this league, especially rushing the passer, I think you need four of them. Um, you, you got to load up. So the, I, the one name I hear, because I saw him in Indy, and I'm not sure how much he would go for if he even going to still play. Is Justin Houston still on the market? He, but like, he
1: sure is. Yeah, he was the guy I was going to bring up as yeah. you know, guys who are a little bit past their prime, but good locker room guys and guys who could still produce a little bit. I mean, and someone you can get on a friendly deal. downs like yep. it's, it's not a bad deal. I mean, we saw who was it? Dwight Freeney that was kicking around. and was uh, like, I'm literally only playing third downs. And he did that for like a half a decade.
0: I miss that guy, man. Uh, that was the first jersey I ever owned. I think actually was Dwight Freeney. The iconic spin move that every single coach said, don't you ever try that in a game? You're not gonna succeed. the the problem The problem with spin moves
1: is you got to know when to set them up. Yeah, and a lot of people just go into it thinking like ah, I'm just gonna hit it immediately. Like I was co- I was coaching high school kids one time, and I saw a kid do an outside spin move, which like just doesn't make sense in any sort of way, form or fashion. And I was just like, No, we're done. We're done with this now. Like until until you guys can learn the rules, we're we're done freelancing as as pass rushers. Um. I guess you, you took mine, first and foremost, because you said edge rusher, Great. which is the one that I thought of. Obviously, the Packers have 11 picks, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they allocate that. If, if you don't get an edge rusher in the first round, it's really hard to find talent outside of the first round, which is why I kind of think and agree with you, they, they should probably add a veteran, because you at least want to be able to hang your hat on a third guy. I mean, when we're talking about Tipa Galea maybe being the third best pass rusher coming into the season that's never a good situation. The other one is probably offensive line, I guess. Oh yeah. You know, yep. We're talking about outside of wide receiver. Offensive line just in terms of a pure numbers game. So we got Bakhtiari's coming back. Ellen Jenkins is probably maybe starting on PUP like depending on how that situation works out. Uh Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Josh Nyman, John Runyon. And then it becomes a question mark. I mean, you start looking at guys like Jake Hansen and Cole Van Lennon, who for the most part were inactive or on the practice squad this past year. Um, That is interesting because the Packers basically go into the regular season with, you know, nine offensive linemen. And there's just simply not nine guys out there right now. So unless you're going to just spam all those like day three selections on offensive linemen, which I think they could because it's deep draft class and, the type of offensive lineman that they like. Right. And we talked about that and pretty good amount of out. them. It's nice. Um th- They could look at offensive line. Um, I guess it's just the only thing. Tight end is one that's interesting to me, but th- there's just too many bodies. It's the opposite yeah. of, it's the opposite of the offensive line where they, they just have entirely too many bodies to to move forward that way.
0: There are too many bodies and they're not enough like transcendent bodies. They're all just like kind of bodies. Right. Um, it's
1: just like, ah, oh, we're just not going to have a pass catcher until Tonya comes back. But numbers
0: the offensive, numbers. offensive line very much interests me just because they've gotten by at right tackle before, right? Like, you know, we saw Jared Valdir stepped in at one point. uh Wagner stepped in at one point. um Dennis Kelly has stepped in. Like, they find these random guys off the street for pretty cheap that end up starting games at right tackle. Uh, My worry is these guys have done – pretty okay for the most part but i don't think you can rely on that and you know it i will say this if they take a swing at a tackle like you know bernard ryman uh trevor penning in the first round i'm not going to be complaining even if you know i don't th- actually i think both fit the thresholds don't they yes they do. insane that's crazy well i don't know if they take one early but I, i'm just saying i wouldn't be mad about it
1: i did see so so what's your your take on this um tex had a mock draft He used the Draft Network's predictive board. He drafted George Karloftis, 22nd overall. We we love him. him. (laughs) Then three picks immediately went off the board before 28, and he took Daxon Hill from Michigan, who's kind of that combo. He's basically a slot guy. Yeah. Um, What do you think the reaction of the fan base is, if that happens?
0: I I literally – Nuclear meltdown. I he messaged me privately like, Hey do you, what do you think about this mock? Let me find my message. Twitter bust on Thursday night. If the, like if you ended the first round and you have to wait a day before the Packers are picking again and there's no wide receiver taken, Twitter would the Packers Twitter would have a meltdown. I'd be like pitchforks outside of Lambeau Field.
1: I remember when what was it? The Packers didn't draft Eddie Lacy that first day of the draft and then they ended up picking him in the second but people were throwing a fit about that like I remember them just being like I can't believe you'll pass up on a running back like imagine if they pass up on a receiver in this situation and three guys go off the board that that's again is one of my big worries I think yes they have to take a wide receiver at 22
0: just I think they might have to trade up to take a wide receiver because I don't know if all the good ones are going to be left at 22. You look at who's drafting before them. There are a lot of wide receiver heavy need teams there. Yeah. The
1: other thing, too, is like at 28, like there's going to be teams moving up to jump. I mean, the, the Chiefs have back-to-back picks. You think they're just going to sit back and wait and just say, oh, the value didn't fall to us. No, they're going to trade up. They're going to go it, make moves.
0: It's going to be the same thing that happened in the Jordan Love draft, right? Like Jefferson and I, you get swiped up right before you pick and then you trade up and – you know, you take a quarterback. So I don't think they're drafting a quarterback this year. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't mind Carloftis. I love Carloftis. I just yeah. I gun to my head, I'm like, look, Rogers is gonna be pissed. Like we we just like <laughs> we just have to grab a wide receiver with that first selection, I feel like.
0: I think the good news about this draft and I think we've talked about it before, but teams are going to reach on quarterbacks. Like it's, it's just the nature of the position. There are guys that are going to be legitimately talented that we have quite high on our boards that are going to fall into the Packers laps. And I, another random draft note, but like the past two drafts, it's my favorite time of year, right? Ruined, ruined on the first day, Jordan love trade. And then Aaron Rodgers going, I don't want to play in green Bay anymore. This is our chance, man. This is our chance to have a fun draft as Packers fans.
1: That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we, we finally, we finally get to live this. We get to live this life. What was the last normal? Was it the Gary draft? Yeah. Well, they had
0: two first round picks, and it was yeah. kind of
1: fun. Um, that was coming coming into a rebuild, basically. Yep. Goodness gracious. Time, time flies. Time flies. All right, let's talk about our guys. I, I figure we go back and forth. I don't know how many you have. I have six.
0: Uh, I I think I added one last minute. Let me check mine. One, two, three, four, five. I can come up with a sixth one if you want while we're talking.
1: I I can combine some of them. Um, Okay. I'll I'll start with uh, one of my guys. We're talking about edge rushers. My favorite guy, bang for your buck, Arnold Epichetti. I I think this guy's going to go in the second round. He's a first-round talent. Um, He's a pass rusher from Penn State. He transferred from Temple to, to move up against better competition. Every time I watched anyone in the Big Ten, I ended up somehow going across, you know, Penn State film in some way, form or fashion. So, like watching the Ohio State wide receivers, evoketty was a guy who stood out before I even watched him. Um, yep. He is that type of a talent. He's explosive off of the edge. He's not the bendiest, but he's bendy enough. Um, I think his straight line speed is very good. He tested out pretty well. Um, the The thing with him is like he's gonna make so much impact in the run game as a chase down guy oh yeah he's going to be able to set the edge uh to to a certain extent like he's in every down edge defender he's not just a designated pass rusher type of guy and once you're getting into after the first round it's really hard to find three down guys honestly yeah Um, absolutely it's one of the most athletically demanding positions so he's the top guy i want to start with because again they, they need bodies right and if you can't get you know, a wide receiver at 22 and then a Karloftis or someone is still there at 28. That's when you start looking like second round Arnold Evacchetti. Is he still there? Cause if that's so like, that's the slam dunk, just turn in the pick.
0: All right. Yeah. I had the same experience watching Evacchetti where I just, it was, I think I was watching Jaquan Brisker. And then I see an amazing pass for where Rebacchetti's feigning, speeding around the edge cuts inside. I was like, is that a guy like that? That might actually be a guy. Um, so big fan of his, I, I think he definitely has first round potential. He's a soccer fan. So you know, I'm always a big fan of those guys. Um, but yeah, I really think his potential. Do you want me to go with another edge rusher? Or do you want to go with like my number one guy next? What, what how do we want to do this?
1: However, however right. you choose to do it.
0: I'm going to go number one guy. Cause I've been talking about him for months. Right. But Baylor's Jalen Petrie. And I know, I know for a fact, it's not a huge area of need for the Packers. But they need a slot guy and they need a third safety and they genuinely do need insurance if they can't get an extension done with Jair Alexander. Um, Petrie was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year at Baylor, uh, and I had not watched him until their bowl game. And you just see this pretty undersized you know, this nickel guy that's just flying into the backfield. Like ev- every play he's asked to blitz, he's pretty much making a play in the backfield. You know, he's he's relentless. He's tenacious. He's not that bad in man coverage and zone. He knows his assignments. He's pretty aware. Um, he checks all the boxes for me besides size. And when I think of guys like that, I've watched in the past. Like the first guy that came to mind was Buda Baker. You know, someone that was like, he can't succeed in the NFL at safety. He's too small. And I'm like, but did you see him play? Like just absolutely tenacious, relentless. And now he's, who he was an all pro on special teams? I'm not sure. Has he gotten a pro bowl vote or anything like that at safety? Um, I'm not sure. He's been a, he's been a successful player in Arizona. Yeah,
1: he, he, yeah. he was I, I believe his rookie year. He was uh, a pro bowler and he got in through special teams.
0: Yeah, like he can make plays. So I, I see a guy like that. And I, I think the skill set, you know, I think it's been a while since they had a guy like Micah Hyatt in the slot. Um, it, it's a guy if they won it and he's still there in the second round would be thrilled if they took him again just because. At the point of us recording, we have no idea if Jair Alexander is going to work out an extension. I think having that insurance and having a guy to fill in Henry Black's role and actually do pretty well at it, uh, there's some definite value there. It's a really interesting position because if you're –
1: think about this. So I understand everyone is like, you know, Jair Alexander is young. Obviously, you pay him. uh, Devontae Adams was on his – going on his third contract or whatever, all that. If you are – Jair Alexander, you know you have Green Bay by the balls, basically, for, for lack of a better term. I mean, they need cap space. There's no way for them really to create a ton of cap space without you signing another extension, right? So the decision is, again, going to come down to, is Goot going to set a new market rate, right? Because if you're Jair, you can ask for that at corner with the situation that Green Bay is in, the way that you've played, even if you're coming off an injury um he didn't decide to do it at wide receiver for for Adams I know he got reported like uh he was willing to match the number and all that stuff unless I see like the actual numbers like the guarantees all that stuff it's hard for me to imagine that he was actually gonna uh pay all that money Um, yeah I agree so I, I I think it's just convenient reporting and maybe correct depending on what lens you're looking at it from but like maybe not totally you know one-to-one um so i i do think there's real potential for um and this isn't me reporting i know i talked about the the uh Devontae adams stuff and a lot of people hit us up and we like hey you're the only guy who said like there's legs to the Raiders stuff and this isn't me reporting this this is just me thinking this out loud to be very clear like i, I think there's still potential for a Jerry Alexander move, right? In some way, form, or fashion, um, just to create cap space because pre pre June one and post-June one numbers are gonna be totally different in terms of the 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 accounting on the cap, not including like what the actual 53 looks like once they start uh putting guys on indoor reserve and have to bring yeah. guys up and stuff like that. So um that's gonna matter. Uh my second guy, I guess I want to talk about this a little bit. Slots, right? Yeah, Daxon Hill um is one of them let me look up uh found it all right Jalen Petrie from Baylor Daxon Hill from Michigan Tyson Anderson from Toledo mm-hmm. Dan Belton from Iowa and Delarin Turner Yell from Oklahoma are guys who were yeah. invited to the combine <clears throat> and primarily played in the slot at the college level I haven't My, seen all of those guys yep. I've seen Petrie and I've seen Tyson Anderson just a oh moment. his movement skills are nuts.
0: I uh, so my buddy coached DBs at Toledo with Tyson Anderson, so he keeps telling me to watch him, and I can't find any tape. I think I should just ask him for the tape. Um, but he's told me good things. I was at the combine trying to wait for the podium, and people were like, "He's he's damn good." So he says movement skills are nuts. I like to hear that. I heard there's a lot of positional versatility. Um, one guy, yeah, I'm very much interested in learning more about Anderson. Yeah, all those guys are
1: primarily slot guys, which you know, is mattering more and more in the NFL. The The other interesting guy, this is just kind of a, a side tangent. Have you heard of the Nebraska linebacker? Nebraska? Uh, no, no, I have not. Let me find him. Uh, Jojo Doman. So he is 6'1", 230, ran a four six two, 2 right? Pretty athletic linebacker. Here's the thing. Was not really a linebacker pretty much exclusively a slot player for Nebraska weird fit like he might go borderline top 100 to be in like a box linebacker and it's really not a role that he's played all too much
0: I'm looking at him right now A very very interesting role um actually now that you think about I think maybe uh McShay brought him up the other day um but no I haven't watched him at all but that it's an interesting position, man. Like, we're seeing a lot more positional versatility. We're seeing an emphasis on slot defenders. Um, I noticed the Packers made a very clear point that they think all three of their top guys, Stokes, Jair, and Rasul, yeah. can play slot, which I think is personally encouraging. Uh, I think if you can focus more on matchups instead of where guys are located, I would always lean and prefer that over just like you're going to be the left corner you're going to be the right corner. For sure.
1: And I, I think, I mean, well, the, the biggest indictment of thinking that way right is the i can't remember what year it was but the Packers seahawks game where they had jared boykin just line up on richard sherman the entire game <laughs> yeah. and they were like, we're just gonna work opposite of him and yeah. it just felt like you just spent richard sherman for for no real reason when you know jordy nelson and whatever catching receptions opposite of him the entire game yeah um my next guy chris Olave, wide receiver ohio state seems corny Smooth to take a wide receiver or take a top guy as one of my guys, but I really do love him. I I think he'd be top, probably my second wide receiver off of the board after Jameson Williams in this draft class overall. And, you know, wide receiver is one of the deeper positions um, at the top of the draft, at least in like the the middle range. Um, he is smooth. He is fast. He knows how to run routes. He is Calvin Ridley, you know, pre-scandal. Um I really do like him. I think he's better than Garrett Wilson. I understand Garrett Wilson makes like the acrobatic catches. Olave gets open. He, he had the gravity, uh, you know, in terms of the defensive coverage was being rotated to him. I really hope he's picked 22. I mean, I I don't think I'm rooting for anyone at 22 more than him (laughs) at this point.
0: I think the thing that stood out the most, what's funny is I started watching him in 2019 because I thought he had a real chance of going been pro in 2019. Producer, I mean, for for years and years, and people just—I think they got bored with him. But I really do. When you watch the film year by year, he he took huge strides strides in his development too. So when you're talking about a borderline first round pick in 2019 that has continued to develop, like why are we not talking about him as one of the top 20 picks in this draft more? Uh, I do. I have heard that the Eagles are probably in love with him and that they might take him early, which would be. Oh, Lens- that sucks because
1: they got three picks.
0: So. Trade up, trade it up. As soon as like, as soon as the first receiver goes, as soon as Garrett Wilson is start making some calls, I don't yeah. care. Give me He, he's such a good separator. His run blocking improved drastically. His uh, explosiveness off the line of scrimmage improved drastically. Um, he's just one of those guys you see it. And like, even though he barely doesn't meet their size thresholds that we you know believe in, like you, he's a guy, you got to overlook that. He's just, he's going to be a weapon in the league. Yeah, and I think some of the size thresholds, at least
1: in terms of the weight, right, are going to be adjusted. I, I really do think that that was kind of like a temporary thing that they really yeah. believed in because Devontae Adams was eating so many screens. Devontae Adams isn't there. It'd be dumb to replace Devontae, try to replace what Devontae Adams did in the screen game with someone else just to draft bigger bodies that limits you with speed down the field to do it. Right. So, Yep. I I think that is that's gone now. I I really do. And, and if you looked at the MVS deal and the reporting on it, where it said you know Green Bay was only willing to offer a one year contract to him, I think that's probably evident of that. Because MVS, yep. there's not many guys who run like him that also block like him. Period. Yeah. That that's the end of the story. It, it would have been a highly sought after, or I guess more sought after, skill set for Green Bay had they have the plan to kind of run that Devontae Adams offense. Yeah. Well,
0: that should be kind of exciting, right? Like, I think as much as we enjoyed the, you know, Adams making plays after the catch and stuff, like sometimes that was a detriment to the offense and slowed it down. I think you're going to see a bit of a more, you know, downfield passing game. Um, And I'm a little bit excited to see what it looks like. I'm a little nervous, especially because you don't know the wide receivers are going to be, but it's exciting. You know, you try to look on the bright side, right?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm nervous until I see who's running these deep routes. Yeah, like, ah, because right now it's Alan Lazard and and Randall Cobb, basically. So,
0: hey, I I think I think it was a at the meetings this week, said they do want to emphasize speed, whoever they get a wide receiver. So that is promising. Olave, Shoot, he can scoop too. So that's good to see.
1: Give me your uh, second guy.
0: Uh, Who do I want to go with next? Uh, You know, I'll go with a different wide receiver, but I'll go with like a potential day two, day three pick. I'm going Kevin Austin jr. Out of Notre Dame. Um, A guy that does meet these size specials. We may no longer care about, but you want to talk about like an actual vertical threat. Big body does love to block Uh, Austin jr. Is your guy. The thing that stands out to me most, you know, he does a great job using his size to, you know, generate leverage and get up field cut up, but it's the concentration on the catches, man. Like his, ability to like understand where the ball is coming from track it over his head um he's made some very acrobatic catches over his head on deep routes um he's one of those guys i think he's got a lot of tools uh size speed and strength so and again you know he loves to block matt lafleur will be sweating when he watches him oh and i think they might have notre dame ties very loosely right
1: yeah for sure i mean he he spent a year there yeah um who is uh I guess it it was uh, Jalen Smith last year who had the Notre Dame mm-hmm. ties. Yeah, um, there we go. I, th- I thought there was someone else. For there's some
0: someone time. in free agency. I don't think. I don't think it's. Not thinking about. It, I don't think it's Kevin Austin. But there's someone we talked about that had Notre Dame ties.
1: Yeah, it was someone in free agency. I can't. Yeah. Remember who it
0: Yeah, going to drive me nuts. Well, um, oh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller, right? That's who it was. There we go. Yeah. yeah,
1: Will Fuller has. has that's football uh, brain, man. That's football brain for you. Just like something, something, something. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. The the thing with wide receiver, I think, is that guy is going to have to play special teams if they draft him on day three. And I don't like, mind
0: him on special teams. I thinking about right, I think high, high it. Right. The high
1: weight speed guys are always the guys who are going to be, you know, solid special teams guys. Um, You look at kind of what they have right now. Alan Lazard, roster lock, Randall Cobb, roster lock, Amari Rogers, roster lock. Let's say you add a veteran. Okay. So, you know, one of Julio will fuller insert whoever right comes in. You draft a guy at 22. He comes in. Now you're at five and none of those guys play special teams off of the bench. I mean, Lazard could probably do it, but Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers outside of returning punts aren't going to be out there. So it's really hard to construct a roster that way without adding special teams in some way, form or fashion. So that sixth wide receiver, if they do add a veteran and draft a guy in round one, is probably going to have to be a special teams guy, which means you're only looking at highway speed guys. It's, it's a guy like Kevin Austin. It's a guy like Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Yeah. It's a guy like uh, maybe even Christian Watson, right? Like he's a guy who could be able to do that. Um, I'm spacing on, on the name of the guy, but the uh, Isaiah Weston, is that what it is? Northern uh, Iowa. No idea. (laughs) The guy on day three, he's another highway speed guy. So like, it has to be guys like that if you're looking at day three, I think.
0: Are we sure that Amari Rogers is a roster lock? If he doesn't take any development, if he takes no steps in development, he comes in and he's just not getting it done in training camp.
1: I really do think so. I mean, Uh. at the end of the day, third round pick like that that carries over for at least two years. The money makes sense in terms of keeping him on the roster versus releasing him. Like it's just gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And hopefully he takes a step because I mean, damn, it would be nice if if he could produce a little bit because Kav is only on a one-year contract. Lazard is only on a one-year contract. Let's say they add a veteran wide receiver, it'll probably come on a one-year deal at this point of free agency. So going into next offseason, wide receiver one is probably a draft pick, and then wide receiver two might be a Mario Rogers. Like that's the situation that they're in, right? Ugh.
0: now. oh God, that just hurt. That hurt to hear.
1: Yeah, man, they don't have uh, long-term uh, long-term answers at wide receiver right now.
0: Can, can Rodgers throw a public fit, please? Uh, I want to get another something one? done. No, yeah, I'm, another. I'm done. I, I, we,
1: we have a uh, – what do they call it? face uh, facing out. I had football brain. The,
0: the fact that he hasn't said anything gives me hope that they have a plan in place, right? Because theoretically he did know about Devontae leaving you know, as he signed. So, like, he's got to know something, right? Like, he's they, they have to have a plan in place that they've talked about. It. Like, well, here's how we're going to get you some weapons.
1: So, here, here's an interesting thing, too, right? The Packers generally, in the past, have used their visits to recruit basically UDFA type of guys. And sometimes they end up taking them, you know, late day three or whatever. But it's a lot of character cross-checks, like guys like Joe Mixon will come in on a visit, right? or UDFA guys, they usually don't draft. They don't bring in first round guys to just hang around Lambeau, you know, get to talk to the coaches, all that stuff. They announced are, there's been two visits for prospects that have been announced so far. Sam Williams, the Ed rusher from, from Mississippi, who I, I frankly, yeah. I don't, I don't like him very much. Like even not, not including the off field stuff. So uh, he had a, I think it was sexual assault charge that ended up getting dropped at Mississippi before his breakout year. He's a fifth-year senior uh, who went to junior college first. He's a fifth-year senior. He got the extra year for COVID, all that stuff. He, he's a pretty
0: stiff. He, he does not uh, play like a guy that's played five years of you know, college football because he doesn't seem to have a plan of attack at all.
1: Yeah, and he also tested very well, which yeah. is kind of surprising. So that was one of them. The second one, and this is the point I wanted to get to, so the first one is you know the, the character, character cross check, yeah. all that stuff. Second one is Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas. Do we think Rodgers is, like, uh, involved
0: with these visits? If if they draft Traylon Burks, I will be so happy. I know Chris Olave is your guy, and I probably should have put him on here, but Traylon Burks is my guy. I think the the things that he does are rare, like, at that size. It does not make sense. I saw the clip the other day that he ran 22-plus miles an hour. It's like a 6'3". 215-pound wide receiver going 22-something miles an hour. um, Yeah, I would like it if they're bringing in recruits like trying to talk him into Rodgers. The problem is they don't really have much control, right? Like, they don't have control where they're going. Although, Burks is sliding. It blows my mind. They're just like, well, he didn't test very well. I'm like, but you saw what he did <laughs> on the football field, right? Like, do you realize
1: how large he is?
0: Do yeah. you know what functional athleticism is? He He's
1: going to be fine. I, I, I like him a lot, too. We're going to get... By the way, we're getting scouting reports up on every single guy the Packers end up having a visit with uh, just so you guys get to know them better specifically. Um, I figure it's worth the effort on that end just because they've had such a significant rate of of drafting those guys either, you know, late day three or adding them in free agency, whatever, that we can just kind of like draft a it's just automatic you got you guys know who's on the roster and that's really what matters when we're talking about the draft. Anyway, you don't care about these guys when they're no longer Packers. Uh, yeah. Outside of watching red zone or fantasy football or whatever.
0: <laughs> um,
1: You, you got your second guy in, right?
0: Uh, Petrie and Kevin. All- yeah. We just yes. went on Kevin. All- there we Austin go.
1: Major, yep. um, my third guy, I'm going to combo them. Cade Mays, Zach Tom, Cade Mays uh, originally went to Georgia, transferred to Tennessee, high level recruit. He ended up playing right tackle for Tennessee uh, last season. He is a bully. He is athletic. Um, I'm surprised he's not being talked about as like a borderline day two type of guy. Um, Zach Tom, younger, uh, I believe he's a junior declaration uh, at Wake Forest. He's another guy who's playing tackle, has played guard before. Both of these guys are basically like think of like the Packers brand of offensive linemen. they they nail it. It's, they're athletic, they're positionally ambiguous they're uh great pass blockers and they contribute in the run game i mean they're not the like uh six six three thirty five we just like are just moving defensive tackles off the ball type of guys the packers have never really had that right they've always had these kind of like good pass blockers who are are doing well enough in the run game to to kind of get some knockback on like combo blocks and stuff like that and with the Shana, with the you know Shanahan LaForte mm-hmm. McVay system i mean they don't really need to do that because they're not running a ton yeah. of you know power football it's a lot more so.
0: and you got to be think, quick enough and, on like reach blocks things like that
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm. and protecting 12 is still like number one priority above everything else. <laughs> which so absolutely guys, makes sense yeah
0: so those are the two guys
1: i really like um I I don't think you've seen him. So if you just want to go to your I, third
0: no, game, I haven't watched either of them. Uh, I keep hearing Zach Tom's a really good one. Um,
1: yeah, just P- PFF, I think loves it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. And they're both guys that should be drafted day three. So like mm-hmm. we're talking about like fourth round offensive linemen. Like this is exactly what the pack like. They're gonna Zach be Tom
0: uh, as a name sounds like a Packers offensive lineman. Zach Tom and Cade May is just short. Oh. Um. I will, I will match you with my guy who is much higher rated, but does fit the Packers offensive line thresholds is probably going to be a first round pick. And that's Zion Johnson out of Boston college. Uh, I had heard good things about him at the senior bowl. And what really surprised me was like, he had basically no experience at center. They asked him to play center and I was watching some of the drills and stuff. And he was kind of thriving in the role. And I'm like, that guy never played center. I'm very interested in that. So I went and turned on the tape and I, I think I'm willing to say that he's probably the best run blocker of any the offensive, interior offensive lineman on there, um, outside of Linderbaum, uh, just absolutely tenacious. I think he comes in with great pad level. Um, he does all of these things really well. My problem with it, if the Packers do want to take a run at him, it's obviously early for an offensive lineman and I don't think he has the, he doesn't have the size to play right tackle while Elton Jenkins gets healthy. So if you're drafting him, you're basically slotting him in probably at that right guard position right away. Um, uh, So just kind of something that you just kind of have to hope that you can figure it out at right tackle if you draft a guy that early. So I'm not thinking it's the most realistic, but I just remember I turned on the tape on this guy and I was, I I liked him a lot. I mean, he's a guy where that's not necessarily a pick for
1: 2021. I would say. Yeah. Um, Or 2022. I can't, I can't. It's 2022.
0: That's right. Correct. The
1: the year I'm, I'm messing up again. Football brain. I've worked
0: Um, from home for two years. I no longer know what year it is.
1: COVID years don't count, man. COVID years don't count. we all all get the extra covered year. Um, that's not a pick for 2022 necessarily, but moving forward, I mean, you look left to right. And if it's David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Jr., Josh Myers, uh, Zion, John, uh, Zion Johnson, and then, uh, Elton Jenkins at right tackle. I mean, your old line is set for a decade. Like
0: (laughs) nice. It's quite nice.
1: Whoever inherits that after 12, will will be a very happy man. Um,
0: I really yeah. like Runyon's development too. Just an absolute side note. But last year, he took a big step forward. I was quite impressed with that.
1: He's he's not a threat to lose his starting job.
0: I agree. And yeah, as a sixth round pick, I mean
1: that that's that's a steal. That's a hit. That's a hit. Absolute man. steal. Yeah. Because Royce is a guy who he was a rookie and he was a fourth round pick. So like it, it's still kind of like a question mark if he's gonna develop into that guy, but like he's not a bad pick. By any means. Like, oh, you got a I'm, decent return on investment on him already.
0: We got very frustrated with the twists and stunts, and they were bad, but you also saw there were some good that you saw to Yeah, I'll for defend sure. him, I'll defend he, him a little bit.
1: Yeah. He can play. It's just he yeah. was the you know the weak leak on a, a strong offensive line. Exactly.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, my next guy, Logan Hall, defensive lineman at a Houston. He's a guy who's hasn't been his size for very long. He is like 6'6", uh two eighty, just a lengthy. Lengthy, lengthy, lengthy dude. I think he's more of an interior guy than an edge rusher. It seems to be something that's split a little bit. I've seen a lot of people rank him as an edge rusher. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to stick out there. I don't think he's Marcus Davenport. Mm -hmm. He's entirely too big to do that. Um, But I I think in terms of the Packers' depth at defensive line, he's a guy to watch out for. You look at who they have right now. Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, TJ Slayton, and Jack Heflin depending on what you think of Heflin, they have four you know, NFL defensive linemen on the roster. Oh. They probably need to get to six. They've gone into you know roster situations with five. With how often they were playing penny looks and stuff like that, I don't think that's the best idea. I think they probably could have used more bodies on the defensive line all season last year. Oh. Um, so adding a guy like Logan Hall, and again, defensive line is one of those positions like edge rusher, where it's like, if you don't grab one, you know, in the first two rounds, it's, it's hard to find guys who are actually worth the investment. It's a lot of talking yourself into a guy instead of him actually being worth the pick. So a Logan hall at potentially, you know, 55 or whatever is a guy I'd be really interested in. I don't think he's going in the first round with the way that people talk about him, but getting a big end, um, who can contribute as a pass rusher with Larry on a short-term contract, Ron Reed on a short-term contract, you not really knowing what you have in TJ Slain yet. I think that's the way to go about it.
0: I know we're the same age and um, you've probably been doing this a little longer. So I, I wrote a name down for a player comparison and it's just been a while since I watched him. So I want to know your thoughts, but I wrote down Malik McDowell in college as kind of a cop.
1: Yeah. I think, I think hmm. Malik was like beating the hell out of guys though. Yeah. Like Malik was a different, I think in terms of play strength, but outside strength, of that, yeah, yeah that, in terms of body type and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah that definitely makes sense
0: i, I see think. so uh, yeah you the flashes for hall are a little bit more like hand usage and finesse things like that so maybe not just yeah beating that he's, he's,
1: he's a good athlete too yeah. i mean oh yeah you watch him if you can get him one-on-one with a guard like he's going to be able to like bend you know quote-unquote bend that edge mm-hmm. you know we're not talking about like the actual like c-gap or something like that but he'll, he'll be able to get a guy you know on his outside shoulder and be able to just run around him
0: uh, my next guy, it, the guys now at this point, like I'm, I want to have a Demarvin Leal conversation, and I didn't write it down, but like, can we can we just discuss this guy if we're talking about defensive linemen?
1: Okay, what are your thoughts on him? I've i watched him recently, actually.
0: the The reason he's falling is right, like he's a tweener, like you don't know where to put him. You know, is he gonna be able to fill out and play like on the line, or are you gonna put him farther out? Are you gonna try to kick him out to edge? For me. I'm not concerned about that as much because I like the way the guy plays and his motor. And I feel like motor is like an old school football term, but like I want guys that care. I want guys that play hard every snap. I
1: mean, yeah, it matters. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it matters. Um, And I like football players that do that, especially on the D line when you're getting gassed. And I just think he's a guy that shows up consistently, even if the scheme fits going to be weird. I just think that he's a player that is knowledgeable enough and explosive enough and has that motor that I think you can make a real player out of him.
1: He is the other guy that I I'm really interested in. Logan Hall is like the, the defensive lineman I really want. And then the next guy is Liao. And then I don't know if he's going to go, he'll, he'll probably go second round is my thought, but um, I saw him beating down, you know, down blocks when he was lined up as a three technique and he's just in the backfield immediately. And yep. I know that's not a situation. All NFL players are put in, but, um, if you're given the opportunity, make plays, and and he's able to do that. I, I do think he's more of an interior guy than an exterior yeah. guy. I mean, he's, I guess, kind of like, and this is kind of a weird comparison because he lost a ton of weight and then changed positions. But like Mike Neal, remember Mike? Neal? Mm, oh my gosh, like, he's yeah, like that. Because mm-hmm. Mike Neal was like 280 coming out of Purdue, and then he dropped down to like 260 basically, and was playing edge rusher, but he was like a de- defensive tackle prospect. Yeah, And The Packers had a ton of those experiments, right? They had Dayton Jones, they had him. Um, I, I I think he's like Mike Neal coming out, I guess, is the, the best way to explain
0: it. I just really like the idea of having these two chess pieces and him and Kenny Clark on the D-line and kind of moving them around, you know, getting them in good matchups. I just think it's a very, it's an interesting one because, again, yeah, it's he was a first-round pick coming into the year, and now he's just sliding down, but if if there's like this run of defensive linemen, he's still on the board in the second round. Like, I I really don't hate it.
1: No, especially with the depth that they need. Yeah. Uh, who's your next guy?
0: Oh, geez. Okay. Well, yeah, we just went on this whole rant about him. Uh, see, I'm torn between two edge guys I want to talk about because most of the focus I was doing was edge setters before, you know, just assuming Preston and Smith's going to be gone. Uh, right. It's either Cameron Thomas or Josh Pascal. Well, let's just go with Pascal out of Kentucky. Uh, I like him
1: too. He, yeah, he would have been. He would have been my favorite edge if not for Ketty in terms of
0: like bang for your buck. Yeah, um, just a very interesting, you know, he's a thick guy, right? Like you can probably, you know, 6'3", 278 is what I have him listed right now. I don't know if he's gone through measurements or everything. Keeping up with that stuff in a database while you're working a, a day job is just it, <laughs> your brain. A lot of wires get crossed. It's very difficult. Um, but I just absolutely love the way he wins with like strength, extension, leverage, Um just shoots off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, the hand usage is there. He's got a couple of moves already to disengage as a pass rusher, got lower body strength, um, not the best in pursuit. Like he's not that fast of a play speed guy, but I think just with the, you know, being able to win with strength and, you know, having a couple of moves in his Arsenal already as a pass rusher. Um, I, I like him playing behind Preston quite a bit. And I think you can get really good value out of him. He's one of those edge guys I could absolutely see sliding to early day three.
1: So, Kentley Platt, who you should all be following on Twitter, uh, he runs RAS, which is Relative Athletic Score. His Twitter handle is at Math Bomb. Um, he has Josh Pascal as a 9.47 Holy athletically out of, you know, theoretically like a 10.0, right? He's ranked 77th out of uh, 1,428 defensive ends since 1987. Uh, he was listed at uh just north of six two and a half uh 268 he ran a 477 seven, 40 his 10 yard split of 157 is you know 9.8 so we're, we're talking about you know top three percentile immediately about his 10 split Th- uh 37 and a half inch vertical and a, a 10 inch or 10 foot or what what is that 10 10 foot 3 inch broad jump. I, I yeah. still get confused about the broad jump and how they measure it. I'm, I'm a dummy. But, I mean, just a really athletic guy in terms of straight line speed. Yeah. Um, he, he, You're right about the chase down stuff, but I, I think he's kind of a more twitched up guy than like a fluid, uh, yes. like agile guy, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, But he is kind of like, if you want a guy, and it's, it's funny because they went to the same damn school, right? But if you want a guy to kind of replace some of the Z'Darrius Smith reps, like it's the guy to do it. He's the guy who's bouncing around everywhere. He's the guy yeah. who can line head up on a center and, and bull rush the crap out of him. Like that's, that's that I, the the fact that he's being mocked as like a fourth round pick is nuts to me. Yeah. He, he should be a guy who's in the second round conversation.
0: Well, it feels like the guys are, they guys that are getting prioritized, at least by like national media are the guys that are like, you know, uh, the guys that win with speed and explosiveness, and like, because Nick Bonito is getting a ton of love, and he's incredibly undersized as an edge right. rusher. But yeah, I don't think we're valuing it enough guys. Like, you know, I was going to say Cameron Thomas at San Diego State or Josh Pascal, who, you know, those are guys that are going to be able to play multiple downs. And I think, you know, I get excited when I watch Pascal, and you. That's one of those guys when I watched, and I was like, that's exactly a guy that the Packers could use and contribute right away.
1: Yes, I mean, if he's their third rusher, like. Thrilled. He probably gets in on base downs and stuff in, yeah. in some way, form, or fashion, just being able to be that matchup guy where he's you know on a guard or on a center or something.
0: Um, Four-man rush with Gary, Preston, Haskell, and Kenny Clark.
1: Doing it. Stop.
0: Stop. Stop.
1: <laughs> Stop. Don't tease me. Um, my last guy, and we talked about him a lot, Quay Walker from Georgia. Just high-weight speed guy uh, in general. He's the lengthier of the Georgia guys. I actually think the the way it's trending right now it seems like walker is holding steady in terms of his draft stock and Kobe dean is just like dropping down draft boards because everyone realized like wait he's 220 it's like yeah he's been <laughs> 220 this entire time uh quay walker is like 63 240 runs very well thick guy um was kind of like the guy that they asked to take like guard on guard or guard on linebacker type of roles where uh, in stunts or in the run game to kind of free up N'Kobe Dean, um, I think he is a guy that legitimately could play Mike in the same way that Devondre Campbell does. And obviously, we're not looking to replace him anytime soon. But if you need to give Campbell breathers or he's out for any sort of extended period of time, you could still run the Penny Look stuff where you have you know basically a three four front, but you only have one of the inside linebackers in there. I think you could do that with Quay Walker and. You looked at how the Packers defense worked, you know, down the stretch. It really seems like they want to play like true nickel a lot more than they were in the beginning of the year. And if you can improve from Chris Barnes, I don't think it's a bad idea. So if a guy like Walker is there in the second or potentially even in the third, I've seen a lot of people have him ranked in like the third round. I think that's way too late for a guy of his talent, but if he's there, you take him. Um, If you can improve at Chris Barnes position, I, I think it, would be a significant jump, you know, by year two of, of whatever uh, he brings to the table.
0: I just remember Devontre Campbell got locked up and uh, that makes me happy. You know, the guy who was in a linebacker, baby, let's we go. Don't worry about it let's anymore. go. Uh, I was in Mexico when the versatile Douglas uh, signing happened and I had had many drinks and all of my friends, there are Bears fans, but they had also had many drinks. So they also celebrated for me. So that was quite nice.
1: <laughs> there was a Bears fan in my mention the other day, I was talking about Chris Olave because who is it? Chris Sims had like, Oh God. Alec yeah. Pierce I, it was ranked, ranked ahead, like third wide receiver in the draft class or something, just some, some, some take for, for engagement. And I said, you know, jokingly, like buy the dip on Chris Olave <laughs> is maybe not even going to be there at 22. And there was a bears fan in my mention was like, we're taking him. You have no picks. You have no picks, bud. He's not falling down that far. They Come never on, have baby. picks.
0: They never have picks anyway. It's uh, polls will probably I fix that. That I will say this: the one thing that we remember this offseason, I do think the Bears and Vikings made kind of good moves as far as coaches.
1: Well, Paul's trying to say, sign a backup linebacker from or backup lineman from the Buffalo Bills. Hey, it's smart. Oh yeah, on him.
0: it's smart, man. They're clearly not competing for this year. I think it's the right strategy. The the one thing you want to do
1: is completely burn Justin Fields' rookie contract <laughs> with a defensive coordinator, uh, head coach, and a first time. Uh. It's definitely what you want to do. It's great. Why, why your team might move, you know, an hour away into the suburbs. Definitely what the Chicago Bears should be doing.
0: Dude, I hope hope you realize how awesome that is going to be though once it moves into the suburbs, because you can just take the metro out there. As a, as a former Chicago resident, I hate Soldier Field. It's the worst venue in all of sports. Uh, but have like being able to pregame on the metro to like Arlington Heights. Is awesome. I cannot wait for that. I will go to games and I will wear my Packers jersey.
1: What AFC team do you think they're going to get in that scenario? Because they, I'm they, sorry.
0: they're
1: they're definitely going to get a team, right? Like that that's been reported. Oh, like expanded
0: like, to getting a second NFL team.
1: Yeah, because they're saying they want to make it an indoor stadium, and if expansion happens, it'll probably come in like Chicago and London before another American city gets it, just because. It doesn't seem like there's a big enough football market
0: in St. Louis or San Diego at this point. Jesus, that thought had never crossed my mind. It's not going to oh, be. Oh, I'm Jaguars. excited!
1: I'm <laughs> dude. The Bears being the second show in town.
0: Listen, can we become? Am... Can we become fans of the AFC Chicago team? Oh, yes, absolutely! Let's, do it. let's absolutely, absolutely do it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. We'll be fa- yeah. We'll be fans of that
0: team. Oh, I will buy that jersey. I will be the most hardcore AFC Chicago football team fan. Oh, I can't that- wait
1: for Jordan Love to start games for him. it'll be great
0: so we were talking about draft prospects right uh right we just i totally walker i got i got my last
1: one in all right you got
0: uh oh well let me just go while oh easy one tight end give me a tight end give me the pissed off moose jelani woods out of virginia i remember watching this guy's tape and the first thing you go is like there's no way that guy's gonna be good he's too big like he is a massive prospect and then you see him cutting up field a little bit you're like all right he can move then you see make a couple cuts. You're like, all right, you can cut. You can kind of block. And then I was like, I mean, it's pretty good. Like, you can see the tools there. But then there's a couple of times you're like, it feels a little stick slow. I was at the combine and someone went, oh, yeah, he was dealing with an ankle injury like the whole season. And I was like, he moved like that at that size with an ankle injury. Um, I think if you want the tight end with like the most upside, I think you just got to go with Jelani Woods. He could potentially be a Jimmy Graham clone. Uh, I keep saying his upside is prime Jimmy Graham and his downside is old washed up Jimmy Graham, but without the cap hit. So I, th- I think there's something there.
1: The tight end market is really interesting in the draft, right? So you talk about Trey McBride. He is probably going to run like a four, eight um, is not a super athletic guy. Weidermeyer completely tanked out on his pro day. Devastating. Shocking, yeah. from Texas A&M. So stock down on both of those guys. Isaiah likely didn't run at the combine, ran poorly at Coastal Carolina's Pro Day, stocked down again. Jeremy Ruckert might be the best, like, all-around tight end, but he's hurt. Uh, Dulcich uh, is not everyone's cup of tea um, in terms of, like, his body type. He's a smaller type of guy. He's more of a pass catcher, more than a, a rounded tight end. Kate Outen is hurt. Charlie Kolar is a weird tight end. Um, from, like, a personality perspective, right, he won academic Heisman, he plays like a robot. The rumors are he is basically like a robot uh, in terms of his personality. And I don't like, like how
0: he blocks either. How he
1: gets coached. Yeah. He, yeah. He's an interesting guy where it's like on paper, you should be a whole lot better than you are. Like you yep. have a ton of wide receiver or you have a ton of tight end production. On paper, you're athletic, but it just like everything doesn't match up. Jelani yeah. Woods is the next guy where it's like, okay, you're big, you're athletic, you have production. What's the issue with you? Um, He's a guy that I had talked to uh, Eric Galco, my former boss, when we were working at the XFL. He runs the trying game now. Jelani Woods was at the trying game. He swears Jelani Woods has, like, real potential going, like, the second round. Like, people are wow. really liking what he brings to the table relative to the rest of the tight end class. And there's not – I mean, think about it in free agency, right? I mean, guys like Austin Hooper were getting cut, hit the market, and were, like, getting gobbled up immediately. Like, the yep. Packers moved – to give Robert Tunyon a contract right now instead of, you know, when his injury or, you know, post June one or when his injury recovered or anything like that, just because there weren't many tight ends on the market. So the demand is going to be there, but the supply isn't really there for top guys. So guys like Jelani woods are going to get, end up getting pushed up. Um, And it seems like everyone is kind of noticing that Jelani woods is kind of one of your best well-rounded tight end options. Who is, you know, actually healthy. I mean, he was dealing with the ankle, but, Relative to some of these other guys, he's less banged up.
0: It's hilarious watching the uh, with him, him with the ball in his hands too. You just see guys just fly off of him because they have just no chance of bringing him down.
1: Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these safeties and corners that he was going against in the ACC, just they didn't have a shot, man. They didn't have a shot when they walked off the bus.
0: Also, hear me out. Mercedes Lewis is your mentor too, like
1: yeah, your big, yeah. big blocking tight end. Like uh, oh my goodness, yeah, Oh, man, th- that's the big one where it's like if they take Jelani. So let's say they take Jelani's second pick of the second round, right? Their second pick of the second round. I wouldn't expect him to produce much, if at all, that first year. But the long-term plan would be you're the Mercedes Lewis replacement, right? I mean, that's how we would take it if he was drafted there.
0: And you don't think Lewis is going to embrace that either? Like, he's the ultimate locker room guy.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I think he you could, you could inspire a guy to become, you know, potentially as good. Because yeah, Lewis. Big, big dog I've, and little dog. Oh my goodness. Oh, a little dog. I like that. Even little though he's also for a
1: little dog. like six, eight. Yeah. Little,
0: we'll call him a Little Big Dog. How about that? He, uh, I think, like, you know, I think Packers fans know it well enough at this point, but like, what a career Mercedes Lewis has had. You know, he played for a poverty franchise in Jacksonville, but he was a hell of a player, man. I hope he coaches after he's done. I hope he stays around the game somehow.
1: Just like doing all the dirty stuff, too. Yeah. And for so long, he's 37 years old. Makes he's no sense. At it. Like, Made an all pro pretty early, you know, in in his uh, career in Jacksonville. And then they just like kind of stopped throwing the ball to him. And then it was just like, okay, I'll just get really good at this thing. Then I'm just knocking heads and and basically an unbalanced right tackle. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons, too, why we're out here saying like, well, the Packers just find right tackles and they're able to just kind of figure it out. I, I don't know if we'd be thinking the same thing if Mercedes Lewis wasn't playing next to him. You know,
0: absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh,
1: Any final notes you have on uh, this draft class? Any thoughts?
0: Dude, we're a month away. I can't wait. Like I said earlier, like Packers fans should be excited. You've had some terrible draft nights the past couple years. Like, just get ready to enjoy it. At least the first two days are going to be a blast. I mean, you have four picks in the top 60. Like, how cool is that?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, keep it tuned to the site. Uh, We'll have any sort of breaking news. If they make any sort of movement on a wide receiver, we're probably going to have, like, a short emergency podcast like we did when Devonte adams was traded um, we're going to have scouting reports on guys that they're bringing in on visits so that you guys can hone in on them on acme packing company um, we're probably going to start with that uh, either wednesday or thursday so keep an eye out for, for those reports on uh, williams and burks and then we're going to try to make some content for you guys for these wide receivers individually so you get a more well-rounded View of like who these top prospects are, so you guys can root for them or whatever, um, you know, on draft day.
0: Awesome. Cannot wait.